Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts, especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributors. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Scripture reading today is from Mark's Gospel. If you'd like to follow along, the page number is printed on the cover of the bulletin, and there's Bible and bench in front of you. Jesus said, No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the the wine bursts the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. Back in the 1970s, there was a little movie called Star Wars. Perhaps you've heard of it. Toward the end of the movie, the Rebel Alliance sends a squadron of fighter pilots against the indomitable Death Star. It's like throwing a handful of sand into the gears of a Sherman tank and hoping for the best. The fate of the galaxy will be decided in the next few moments. As the squadron makes its final approach to the Death Star, the camera cuts from pilot to pilot. The lead pilot calls out, all wings report in. Red 10, standing by. Red 7, standing by. Red 3, standing by. Red 6, standing by. Red 9, standing by. Red 2, standing by. Red 11, standing by. Red 5, standing by. Then we hear a whistle from R2-D2 and final instructions from the squad leader. Everyone is ready. The battle is about to begin. For dramatic effect, the movie lingers in this moment of anticipation. Something is about to happen. It's a rare treat to linger in anticipation. Apollo 11 was our first mission to the moon. While the towering rocket was still on the ground, 53 million households watched in anticipation. People listened to a voice from mission control counting backwards, T minus 30 seconds and counting. Millions were transfixed by the idea of what would come next. I don't know if we still experience that kind of shared anticipation. You and I might be waiting for the next Star Wars movie. Maybe you're excited about the next iPhone. But it's hard to imagine 
all of us being transfixed by someone counting backwards from 10. It's hard to imagine millions of us pulled from our routine by a shared sense of wonder and anticipation. Maybe Geraldo Rivera destroyed all hope for this ever happening again. Anyone remember Al Capone's vault? In 1986, some construction workers found a secret network of tunnels between Al Capone's old headquarters in Chicago. This led to a two-hour special by Geraldo Rivera. With great fanfare, the reporter promised to unlock Al Capone's vault on live television. The show had a medical examiner in case there were bodies in the vault. Officials from the IRS were on hand to confiscate Al Capone's ill-gotten gains. 30 million viewers waited to see what would happen. When the vault was finally opened, we found ourselves looking at a few empty bottles and some dirt. We're more cynical now. We've been promised so many historic moments that we take them with a grain of salt. Oh really, this new diet soda will change everything. If this post receives 10,000 likes on Facebook, the course of history will be changed forever. Is that a fact? There are some good reasons to doubt. Still, can you imagine being there when the wheel of history is about to turn? Can you imagine feeling so much anticipation for what's about to happen that you put aside all of your other activities in order to give your full attention to what is about to happen. What would it take? I think we'd pay attention if aliens landed on the White House lawn. If the spaceship door didn't open right away, we'd keep watching to see what would happen next. What if bottlenose dolphins were about to issue a press release? What if an angel appeared? Would you stop what you were doing if you anticipated that God was about to be revealed? Before the Quakers existed, there was a group of people who called themselves seekers. The seekers didn't feel at home in the Church of England, and they didn't feel at home with the Puritans. They were at the margins of religious life. In the decades before George Fox, the Puritans condemned English theater where one might find boys dressed as women, women speaking in public, and to quote, obscene lascivious love songs most melodiously chanted out upon the stage. <laughs> how, how dare they? The Puritans also attacked Christmas festivities and anything that might cause unwarranted happiness in the lives of everyday people. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Church of England issued a decree about which sports were allowed on Sunday. Archery, dancing, leaping, vaulting, and other such harmless recreation were endorsed by King James I. The declaration was issued as a rebuke to precise persons who argued against pleasant activities on Sunday. However, even the king had scruples against bear baiting and bowling on Sunday afternoon. 
and no one was allowed to partake of sports until they had attended church. And by church, we mean the Church of England. Thank you very much. The seekers found no inspiration in this entire debate. They hoped for something deeper than a battle over lines of outward behaviors. And so the seekers met apart from the established churches of their day. They were bound together by a shared sense of dissatisfaction. They were bound together by the belief that God was about to do something new. This is the genius of the seekers. They understood that God was about to act in a new way. They didn't know what it would be like. They had no blueprint for how it would appear. The seekers didn't gather to proclaim the truth of what they already knew. They gathered in anticipation of what was about to be revealed. The seekers met in silence. They spent, spent their time together listening. They spent their time together watching for what God would do. This was their radical faith. They trusted God to act. Wouldn't it be great if each seeker entered worship by saying, Seeker 10, standing by. <laughs> seeker 5, standing by. Because their understanding of worship was all about lingering in anticipation. Without the benefit of a countdown, they were waiting to see what would happen next. Eventually, many of the seekers became Quakers. After his vision on Pendle Hill, George Fox wandered into the town of Sedberg. There he met with a group of seekers. The seekers were really excited about his message and invited him to speak. The crowds that gathered exceeded the capacity of the village church. So Fox spoke from a hillside. In his journal, Fox writes, there I declared the everlasting truth of the Lord and the word of life for several hours, showing that the Lord was come to teach his people himself and to bring them off all the world's ways and teachers to Christ, the true teacher and the true way to God. More than a thousand people heard Fox speak from the hillside. This was the real inception of the Quaker movement. Seekers helped fuel that movement. They saw the Quaker path as the new way that they had been seeking all along. They were moved to proclaim the news, the light of Christ is within you. Turn away from outward religious authorities and abide by the teacher that dwells in your heart. Not only did seekers help launch the Quaker movement, I think seeker sensibilities remain part of our Quaker DNA. Thanks to seekers, we continue to watch for that new thing that God is doing. We continue to anticipate that new truth will be revealed. We continue to trust that God will act among us. God is always doing something new. In Isaiah, God talks about a new heaven and a new earth. The psalmist declares it's time to sing a new song. In Ezekiel, God declares, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. 
Paul writes that we are ministers of a new covenant, and if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. We are admonished to put on our new selves. It's dangerous for any religion to believe all of God's newness is in the past. We are not the enforcers of history. We are the vanguard of the future. The work of God continues to unfold and we are meant to bear witness. We must linger in anticipation of what God will do. Are you waiting to see what will happen next? Do you trust that God will act? Will you accept the uncertainty of waiting so there is room for God to surprise you? If the way ahead is unclear, don't be anxious. Keep waiting for God to do a new thing.